Um, this is going to be like the shortest preach you've ever heard in your entire life. Uh, so, uh, we're just going to have some fun. So, I'm not going to talk for long. Um, so, um, I will just pray to start, because um, that's always fun. <laughs> yeah, so Father, I want to thank you for the way that you love to just show up and um, encounter us with your love. I thank you that as your kids, we just have that amazing privilege of doing intimate connection and relationship with you. And I really want to ask Holy Spirit today as um, I share and as we do things differently today that you would just come and meet with us um, and just impact our hearts and just replace wrong thinking with your truth. And I really pray that you would just encourage us and that we would be transformed in our seats. Thank you that you love to change us, you love to instruct us and bless us and love us really well. And we just want to give you permission to do that today. Amen. Great. So, um, for those of you who don't uh, know me, I um, work uh, full-time for an engineering company. So, I am the office manager and PA, and um, I've been working there. The company's been running for... Um, nine and a half years and in that time we have had um, we're on our fourth set of owners uh, which makes for a bit of a roller coaster of a journey because obviously when you're getting bought and sold quite a lot um, it just can be quite tricky in terms of you know the vision for the company or what they're kind of permitting you to step into and what have you and um, there have been lots of times um, over the, the years that I've worked there, particularly in the past few years where um, I have sat and thought, wow, we are not able to pay the wages. Um, and that has been a regular occurrence uh, in my company um, over and over. And I would say that, you know, I love declarations. I love praying and I totally believe like that our words have power. And uh, I would, you know, be laying hands on the screen and calling the money in and um, just like trusting that God was going to like, you know, do something amazing. And he always did. But actually what I realized is that probably I was only about 95% trusting that God had this in hand and about 5% I needed to do something uh, about it. And so actually um, I've noticed uh, certainly recently um, what's happened for me is that I haven't even like prayed about it. So it just, you know, a few months ago there wasn't enough money in the bank and I was like, oh, oh well. (laughs) Totally unfazed, not bothered. And not even asking God to bring the money in because actually what's happened is that I, history has taught me that he's always got it sorted. And also the other thing that's really um, changed for me is that um, that I basically have come to really know at an even deeper level who I am and whose I am. And actually what's, the, the scripture is actually 100% true. So in Matthew 26, uh, Jesus talks about how the father, um, you know, he is able to just, you know, feed and look after the birds. And so how much more than, as he, you know, we are valued even more than birds are. And so how much more able is he to look after us than if he's able to do it with birds, he can definitely do it with us. And actually, um, what's happened is that I have just completely trusted that good and that you know we're, we're taught to it was even written up in the prayer room wall this week seek first the kingdom of God and all these other things will be added to you and so actually it's not about 
oh God, like please send the money or, or getting ourselves all like worked up or anxious or stressed out because it's like, well, actually it's a given. He said that I'm going to look after you. That's a given. So I'm just like, well, I just need to trust that actually you've got my best interests at heart and you are looking after me. Um, another thing that's been happening with me recently is that um, I just have probably the gospel, the message of the gospel has just smacked me around the head, hit my heart and messed with me afresh. And um, the angels, when they announced that Jesus uh, was born into the shepherds, they said to, to, to them that we bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. And actually, the thing is that the gospel is amazing news. Like, if you're not excited about it, filled with joy when you think about what he has done for us, that actually, that we were, um, actually, Martin Luther once said that the gospel is nothing less than laughter and joy. Um, because our entire sinful nature was completely destroyed, completely destroyed. So actually when I, you know, obviously got baptized, it was like a signifying, you know, dying. I was like, I, I, I was buried dead. Like the old Jan doesn't exist because she's completely dead. And actually when I raised to life that I am a new creation, I am um, blameless. I am perfect. I am sinless. Actually, that sin does has no hold over me at all. I walk without sin in my life because that's actually how, you know, I could sin if I wanted, but I don't have to and I don't actually want to. And actually, that is who we are, that we are, we are like, you know, people say, like, when did you get saved and what have you? And actually, the thing I've just been realizing afresh is that God has always been always been chasing me down. Even, um, I was just remembering this week that as a child, I'd lie in my bed and I'd have this like strange experience of like just being embraced and hugged by something big and other. And actually that was just the presence of God as a young child in my bed before I'd even said, oh Jesus, have my life. Actually, God was pursuing me as a young kid, even, you know, listening to, um, I listened to Billy Graham preach at Hamden um, via Live Link. And was just being impacted by the by the truth of the gospel message. And the thing is that God has always been in pursuit of us. That actually, that we think that we found Him, but He found us. And it is amazing news that actually we've always been in Him. He's always we've always existed because He created and planned our whole life before the foundation of the world. Which means that I've always been planned, thought out. I've never always existed on the earth, but actually. In him I have always existed. And it's amazing news. And so I just wanted to share five quick things that God has just been reminding me about recently. Um, and then we're going to have you declare them each time just so that it, you know, gets in your heads. Um, so the first thing is this. Scripture tells us that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. Ephesians 2, six, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. And Jesus even said himself when he was um, before the Sanhedrin when he got arrested in Matthew 26.64, you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. So we are in Christ. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, which means that we are seated at the right hand of the Father. 
And I remember having an encounter. I um, often just have like times where I have like visionary encounters played out in my imagination because our imaginations are a gift from God and he loves to play his images in our head. And uh, I was... I often go to the throne room and what happened this time was I was like, oh, I'm not looking at the throne. I'm looking out at the throne room. And this started to dawn on me and all of a sudden I sort of in this encounter, like I turn to my left and I'm like, oh, that's Father God right there. And then I realized like the truth of that verse just totally messed me up. I was like, I am actually am seated at the right hand of the Father. And the the fun thing is that we don't have to stay seated at the right. We just get to hop over eh, onto his knee anytime we want. Um, and so the access that we have is absolutely incredible. The mirror word um, in James 4.8 says, Snuggle up to the warm embrace of God. Experience his closeness to you. In Christ, he cancelled every definition of distance. So at the cross... All distance was cancelled. There is no separation and ever, never, ever, ever, no separation. And we can never be disconnected from God. Actually, we might feel not super connected, but actually who here knows that we don't live by how we feel. We live by what's true. And the truth is that we can never be disconnected from him. Um, So that's our first reminder. So I just want you to say after me, I am seated in heavenly places. Which means I live in two realms simultaneously. Jesus cancelled all distance. Brilliant. So I was in Dumfries um, earlier this year doing uh, a weekend down there. And as I was preparing, uh, God spoke to me and um, he said to me, Jan, I am proud of you even if you stand and say nothing. So why is that? Well, quite simply, it's because he is proud of who I am and not what I do. Um, And I do things because of who I am, not because I'm trying to get him to love me anymore or because I'm trying to have some tick list of things that I've done well for God this week. Actually, he is love and his love is who he is, so it flows from his nature. And so I can't, he can't love me anymore or any less because he is love like that doesn't change like there's no degrees of love it's just all he's all love toward me and the thing about his love is that it is eternal that he will always continue to pursue me to adore me to delight in me um, and to just completely welcome me at every age and every stage of my earthly existence and then for all eternity And so I want you now to turn to your neighbor and say, Father God is proud of who you are, not what you do. And uh, on the night that Jesus uh, was arrested, he um, prayed uh, in John 17, 22, the glory that you have given me, I have given to them that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them, even as you loved me. So Jesus has given us his glory, which is a lot of glory. That is a lot of glory. Just let that one sink in. That is a lot of glory. And we are loved by Father God, 
in the same the same way that Father God loves Jesus, He loves us. That is a lot of love. So I want you to say to your neighbour, I am loved by Father God in the same way He loves Jesus. John fourteen twenty. Jesus said this, In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. So I am in Jesus. Jesus is in the Father, which means I am in the Father. And Holy Spirit lives inside of me, meaning that I am wrapped up in this amazing, like, joined union of family trinity. Um, and actually, I am so wrapped up. God spoke this to me one time, and he said this, that you are... Actually, you and Jesus are like conjoined twins. And when I look at you, I can't tell where you end and where he begins. And Colossians 2, 9 to 10 tells us that in Christ, all the fullness of the Godhead lives in bodily form. And by our union with him, you and me, we have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and all authority. And so the fullness of the Godhead lives in Jesus in bodily form. So Holy Spirit, Father, are living in Jesus, and we're in Jesus, and we're in the Father, and we're in Holy Spirit, we're in Jesus and Father and Holy Spirit. And actually, we just, we can't be separated because we're completely merged into who they are. (laughs) So we don't need to press in for more of his fullness, because we already have all of it. And what we need is a deeper revelation of what his fullness means and an experience of it. Um, So that's your fourth reminder. And so I want you to say this. The fullness of Holy Spirit, Jesus and Father lives in me. And Romans 8, 16. (laughs) I'm glad someone's getting happy. This is good news. It's such good news. Romans 8.16 says that the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And 1 John 1.3, see what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God, and so we are. And then Galatians 4 tells us that we're adopted. And then um, in verse 7 says this, so you are no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, then an heir through God. And the thing about an heir is that they get an inheritance. And the thing about inheritance is that I don't work for it. The father does. And so we just get it for free. Um, as you'll have heard the analogy before about actually, you know, if I was to go home to my mom and dad's house as their kid, I can go into the fridge and I can take whatever it is that I want. Um, but if you were to go into my mom and dad's house and try and help yourself, it's not really okay. Because <laughs> you don't have that intimate connection that gives you free access. And so as God's kids, we have all of his resources um, at our disposal. And so we basically get everything that's available. So we not only do we have Holy Spirit living in us and that we're in Jesus and we're wrapped up in the Father, but all of heaven's resources are ours because we're God's kid. We get, we're heirs, we get an inheritance. And that is just amazing. Um, and so your, your fifth reminder, I want you to say this. I am a child of the creator of the universe. 
And I have access to all of heaven's resources. And so that is really what I wanted to remind you about. Um, told you it was going to be short. Uh, so just a recap, we're seated in heavenly places. You can repeat it if you like. I was just, I was just recapping. <laughs> You're seated in heavenly places. The Father God is proud of you because of who you are, not because of what you do. You're loved by Father God in the same way that he loves Jesus. The fullness of Holy Spirit, Father, and Jesus live inside of you. And you're a child of the creator of the universe. And you have access to all of heaven's resources. If that doesn't get you happy, I don't know what will. (laughs) That is good news of great joy that is for all people. (laughs) The reason I wanted to keep it short is because I really wanted um, just an opportunity for um, just us to prophesy over people. Um, So... The thing about prophecy is that it is meant to build up, edify, and encourage. And prophetic words remind us who we are. Um, And so often, um, when prophetic words are released from the front, we will sit there and we think, well, you know, it's not for me, so I'm just going to switch off and zone out because, you know, it's not relevant because it's this person, I didn't get one. And we can sit there and think, oh, why didn't I get one? But actually, when someone is receiving a word, and when they're being built up, edified, and encouraged, that is an opportunity for you to be built up, edified, and encouraged. So there are three ways that you can that can happen. So, for example, if I was to say to Jan Treadgold, um, you know that Father God is so proud of the way that you have just been making great choices and prioritizing your time to spend it with him. Actually, you might hear that and think, well, do you know what? I actually have been making some really good choices too, and I've really been taking time to just spend it with God. And you might think, hearing that, oh, I, I want to be encouraged like that. Well, go on ahead and take that word for yourself and be encouraged and think, great, God's proud of me. He really is pleased of the choices I'm making. He loves the, the time I'm spending with him. So actually, you can just steal someone else's word if it just resonates with what you where you're at and what you're doing actually it's God's word and you just get to have it because we're his kids so you can just receive what you like and the second thing is you can be asking God you know if Jan's receiving a word like God what do you what do you love about her like how you know what do you want to and what one thing would you like to encourage her with right now and you can be listening and asking God practicing hearing for yourself for someone else And then if you're brave enough at the end, you could say, I feel God like say this and I just want to share that with you. Or you could send her an email or write it down and hand it to her afterwards. And so you can participate rather than just switching off. And the third thing is you can be praying for that person. So it might be that when we release words that um, we might be saying to the person, we're just going to pray for you right now or whatever. But actually, even if we're not doing that, you could be praying for Jan as she's receiving the word that God would just be you know, sinking it in deep and it, like, like his truth would just rest in like deep inside of her and whatever. You can just pray um, just God's blessing uh, on her. And so you can extend your hand toward her or you can just pray quietly, whatever you want. Um, and the other thing I would just say is I would just urge you to respond. So I often go away and uh, we'll do like release a word of knowledge. So for example, I was in Paris and I had this word of knowledge, blue door number 23. And someone was like, oh, I've got a blue door 27. And I'm like, 
mm, okay then we'll just take that but I was thinking I don't think that is it and this girl come, came up to me at the end she's like oh I've got a blue door 23 um, it's my classroom door I was like oh, why didn't you respond and she was like well I forgot and so I just would encourage you as you hear a word of knowledge ask Holy Spirit if you're not someone who gets easily prompted Holy Spirit is this me is this me Holy Spirit uh, ask God because it's really it's not fun whenever you release a word and then no one responds and then the other thing that happens um, is that when people do respond faith rises in the room and when it looks like you know so, so many times it looks like I've bombed and actually the person goes not to in the end I'm just like why did you not come and see why did you not put your hand up so down in Carlisle a few weeks ago I had um, a word of knowledge that someone, I felt it was like their child's middle name was Louise. And this woman comes up to me then, she's like, oh, my daughter's middle name is Louise. I was like, why did you not say? And she's like, I was waiting to see if someone else would respond. Oh, don't do that, seriously. Don't wait. See if it's you. Just get right in there and get, get the word. <laughs> uh, don't wait. Don't let's not be polite about this. Do you know what I mean? Uh, because the thing is that when we release a word of knowledge, we don't have the prophetic word. We are going to basically find the person and then we're going to prophesy over you and so actually um we'll move on because we don't have anything so if you don't respond we're on to the next word of knowledge and actually you can't expect that when you come up at the end that you're going to then get the prophetic word because we might say oh sorry we're too late (laughs) 